Hello listeners, this is Tetsuo the Storyteller. The following three scary stories are from the Hmong community. They were posted in the Hmong Ghost Stories page blog. This is the finale, part three out of three. So if you haven't heard the other two episodes, please go in and check them out. They will be linked below in the description. Again, I'm not sure who the writers are for these stories, so they'll be credited as anonymous. If you are the writer or the person who experienced these incidences, please let me know and I shall go in and credit you. Some names and details have been edited to remove identifying features or to fix the flow of the story. Remember to like, share, and subscribe to Tetsuo Tells a Story on YouTube and podcast providers such as Anchor and Spotify. So let's get on with these three true Monk Scary Stories, part three of three, the finale. Story one, titled, Don't Bother Them. My grandpa told me an event that took place back in Laos. My grandpa told me that back when his family lived in Laos, they had a farm. And to get to their farm, they had to cross over a cemetery of a lady that is a Boda Bonjoa, roughly translated to widowed monster lady. They buried her in the woods near the pathway towards the farm. My grandpa said after the burial, she would often show herself. She'd stare at you and go around walking. My grandpa said, if she doesn't bother you, then don't bother them back. Don't stare, don't look, don't point, don't communicate. One night, a family was coming back home from farming and the ghost decided to show herself to them. The dad saw it and started shooting at her. She followed them home and he got really sick. The shaman came and cured the father, but the shaman also said the ghost won't let him off unless they gave her a cow because the father offended the ghost by shooting at her. They sacrificed a cow for the lady ghost and the father got better. My grandpa said the guy lived, but he's still sick. My grandpa said, if you see something you aren't supposed to see, don't point, don't communicate, don't look at them. If they don't bother you, then you don't bother them. Story 2, titled, The Visitor. Following my breakup of two years, I found myself tired of my surrounding and a little homesick. I quickly packed up and made the two and a half hour drive to my mother's house in Minnesota. The thought of moving back in with my family wasn't very thrilling, but I needed it. So without further hesitation, I adhered to the idea. My mother had recently moved to this new house that I've never seen. It was on the edge of town and had more room, supposedly. 
I drove through downtown St. Paul and headed to an older part of the town. The houses looked like they each had a story to tell. The neighborhood seemed dark and bleak, but it felt like home. My GPS guided me to the front of a two-story brick home with red shutters. A large maple tree in front of the house blocked out any sight as the branches reached out over the roof and hovered over the windows. I took a deep breath, shut off the car, and headed out. This was home. I made my way up the chip cement stairs, dragging my luggage right behind me. I reached for the handle and pushed open the fence, and it let out a squeak as it swung open. I walked up to the door and rang the bell. I looked around the yard and it was overgrown with weeds. The grass looked like it hasn't been mowed in weeks. I would have thought the house to be abandoned had it not been for my mother's familiar gardening tools laying around. I heard a familiar voice call out, Nikdua, who is it? And I replied, It's just me, mom. She opened the door and let me in. I walked in and my siblings greeted me with excitements in their little eyes. It has been close to a year since I've seen them. We said our hellos and my mom asked me if I wanted the upstairs bedroom or the downstairs bedroom. I learned that everybody slept upstairs and I quickly chose the downstairs bedroom. I grabbed my stuff and headed downstairs. The room was in the basement. Of course, it was a finished basement. Who'd sleep in a dozen, right? So there was already a bed set up and I dropped my stuff and fell onto the bed and fell asleep. When I finally woke up, it was getting dark. I looked around the room and forgot for a minute where I was. A cold was in my room. My feet were freezing. Then I heard giggling from the hallway. A quiet little giggle. Then my heart started racing. Everything was dark down here. There was no one here but me. Was I losing my mind hearing these things? I laid still, afraid to move. Too afraid to even breathe. There it was. I wasn't crazy. There was definitely someone outside my door. I grabbed my cell phone and flipped it open so I had some light. I took a deep breath and sprung out of my bed and ran towards the wall where the light switch was. I flipped it on and frantically searched the room with my eyes. No one. I looked towards the doorway and the door was open ajar. I could see two little shadows outside. I slowly approached the door and reached out for the doorknob. My heart was beating out of my chest. I swallowed the lumps in my throat and swung the door open. Then I saw them, two little girls crouching behind the door, my little sisters. When the door swung open, I could see the fright in their eyes. They were both startled and fell back. My God, what are you guys sneaking around for? 
I screamed at them. They pointed at each other, blaming the other. It wasn't me, it was Sarah, yelled Laura. Nuh-uh, lies, screamed Sarah. Relieved, I dismissed their shenanigans and asked if they would like to help me unpack. They were very eager and both jumped at the idea of going through my stuff. Typical kid behavior. The three of us closed the door and started to unpack. I was emptying out a box when Sarah casually asked, Why do you want to sleep down here alone? Curious little girl, I thought to myself. Well, because everybody already sleeps upstairs, and I'm not a baby like you, so I don't need to sleep near my mommy. The girls found my answer to be remarkably funny and both laughed hysterically. We're not babies, they chimed. This house is haunted, you know. I immediately paused at Laura's statement. It caught me off guard and my mind was trying to process what I just heard. I felt a shiver and scanned the room. Laura, why is it haunted? I asked, afraid of the answer. Well, there is a man that I see sometimes upstairs. Also, Sarah saw a lady with long hair in the basement once. So we don't sleep down here anymore, she replied sternly. Yeah, mom doesn't believe us though, added Sarah. I wasn't going to lie. I was engulfed in fear. The girls went on and on about how Sarah had seen the long-haired lady in the basement once and was so scared she got sick. They told me about the old man that wanders from room to room and even the mother and her son about how they floated around through doors and disappeared as soon as they appeared. Of course, they say little kids have wild imaginations, but they also say that little kids don't lie. I managed to swallow the fear and finished unpacking. My mom called us up to help with dinner. After dinner and a movie with the kids, I had forgotten about our little conversation earlier. It was late and I was tired. The kids headed off to bed and I headed downstairs. I called up my friend and spoke to him. We ended up talking for hours and it helped me forget about the stories. We talked and talked until my eyes grew heavy. I slid under the covers, shut off the lights, and fell asleep. I was only about two hours into my sleep when I felt a wind blowing on the right side of my face. Did I forget to close the windows? I opened my eyes and looked at the window. The curtains were still. No wind. The windows were locked and closed. I decided I was dreaming. So I closed my eyes and tried to sleep again. I could hear my watch ticking. I squeezed my eyes harder and tried to drown out the ticking. Then I felt it again, that blowing on the side of my face. It must have been a draft, I told myself. Half asleep and eager to sleep, I just pulled the blanket over my face and went to sleep. However, it wasn't long before I felt it again. Only this time, 
it was accompanied by a foul smell. The smell was so nauseating. It smelled like old, rotting meat. I was laying on my left side and could feel the draft on my right side. It was stronger and smelled so bad. Annoyed and curious, I turned around. As I did, I saw a dark shadow hovering over me. I screamed and I saw it slip under the bed. I was paralyzed with fear. I couldn't move or I was too afraid to. It was useless screaming for help. No one would hear me. I flipped on the phone, ran to the wall and turned on the light. I got on my knees and looked under the bed. Nothing. At this point, I was close to hyperventilating. I crawled back into bed with the lights on, called my friend and asked him to stay on the phone with me. I told him what I had experienced and he suggested I was dreaming. After a few hours of reassurance and exploring every logical explanation, he had convinced me I was just dreaming. The next few nights went without incident until a Friday night. I had completed my nightly routine before bed, brushed my teeth, wore my PJs, jumped into bed to talk on the phone. My friend and I were on the phone until I heard a scratching at my door. My lamp was right next to me this time, and I had light, so I wasn't too scared of my immediate surroundings. But the scratching was coming from outside of my door. I sat in bed as quiet as I could be, and had my gaze fixed on the door. Nothing. My friend had convinced me this time it was a mouse. After all, it is an old house. I'm sure there had to be some crawling around. We continued our conversation. It dragged on into the night, and as usual, I fell asleep. I was awakened by a cold draft. The room was freezing. I pulled my blanket up to my chin, and as soon as I did, something pulled it back. Again, my heart was racing, and I was paralyzed with fear. I pulled my blanket up as hard as I could and held on tight. I waited for it to pull back. Nothing. Then I felt a quick pull on my feet. Someone's cold hand held onto my toes and pulled. I screamed and I pulled my legs up as fast as I could. I flipped on the lights and sat on my bed with tears in my eyes. What the hell just happened? I grabbed my blanket and pillow that night and went upstairs to sleep on the couch. I slept a few nights on the couch until my grandma came over one night and had to take over the couch. I didn't want to say anything to my mom or grandma and I certainly did not want to spook the kids, so I kept it to myself. That night I headed back downstairs. I was ready this time though. I decided to keep a nightlight plugged in. I felt a little more safe with my new weapon, the nightlight as I fell asleep. However, not long into my sleep, I felt a tickle on my face, kind of like a strand of hair tickling my face. I brushed it out of my way and continued sleeping. I felt it again, lots of hair brushing against my face. With that rotting, 
smell present. Then I remembered, I have short hair. It can't be my hair. I opened my eyes, and there above me, I finally put a face to the nightmare that had been haunting me. A rotting corpse. It looked straight into my eyes. Her jaw was torn, and she attempted a smile that spread from ear to ear. Her long black hair dangling in my face. She had no lower body, just the head and torso with dangling arms. She was breathing right in my face. The rotting smell was indeed her flesh. I tried to jump out of bed, but I was stuck. I couldn't move nor scream. I could feel her ice-cold fingers holding down my arms. I was pinned to the bed and paralyzed with fear. She got closer and let out a moan. I felt a heaviness on my chest as she pressed down on me. Her tongue slipped out the side of her face where her jaw was broken. I closed my eyes and I did the only thing I could have done. I prayed, Dear God, please help me. Please God, rid this room the evil that dwells here. Please. It was then that I felt the pressure relieve and I was able to move. I opened my eyes and it was gone. I looked at my arms and there were red imprints from her hands from holding me down. I slept with a Bible next to me and said a prayer every night after that. Whatever it was has stopped. We moved shortly after that. I don't know who lives there now, but I pity the current tenants. Story 3 Titled Clinging This happened about a year ago. I dated a guy who was involved with the Qing in Doha, a Hmong instrument used at the funeral homes. One night, I was sleeping in my room, and I woke up to an icy cold breeze. I reached for my blanket, and instead, I grabbed a hand. It had a stench to it. I could feel its cold hand, and it was somewhat wrinkly. I got paranoid and tried to see what it was. I squinted my eyes, and the image was blurry. I remember it being a Hmong lady in Hmong clothes. Her eyes were bloodshot red. Her smile was bloody and her teeth were rotting yellow. I'd heard her hysterically laughing. And then <coughs> my mom kicked open my door. My mom said, I told you to lock your door. Why is it cold in your room? Oof, what did you eat? Why does your room smell like it's rotting? That's when I started to cry. <laughs> and I didn't know where to start. I looked at my mom and my mom said, Is something bothering you? My mom took me to her room and tied a red string on me. 
She took red peppers and burned it and came to my room, spreading the smoke around my room and saying stuff, making sure the spirit goes away. I went to bed after that. The next morning, I told my boyfriend what happened and he said, there's something I need to tell you. After work, I'll come to your house. That evening, he came and we sat down. He said, I should have told you this. As you know, I do the traditional things at the funeral home. My shaman told me that there is a lady in the netherworlds who want me. And whoever I date, she'll try to make my relationship as miserable as possible. She'll torment whoever I'm with. Last night, she must have came to you. She did the exact things to my exes too. I didn't really care much because I loved him. However, night after night, I experienced this sleep paralysis of this lady basically sitting on me. I got horrible migraines and I couldn't eat anything. My mom looked for a shaman and they came. As I was sleeping on the couch, I heard a lady crying. It fainted away and I fell asleep. When I woke up, the shaman said, Mintai, Roughly translated, Dearest child, you and your boyfriend shouldn't date anymore. You might not know, but that ghost is very vicious. She's not going to let your boyfriend go. She already took you so far away and I almost couldn't catch up to it. She says she won't let your boyfriend go, even if you date. A week later, we broke it off. I have a new boyfriend now, and I'm glad all those stuff are over. My cousin told me that my ex is very sick at the moment, and that he is close to dying. Thank you everyone for listening in on these three true Hmong scary stories. If you enjoyed these three stories, remember to like, share, and subscribe to Tetsuo Tells a Story. This is the finale of those three parts. The next one will be on Christmas scary stories or something to that effect. Again, you can find me on YouTube and podcast providers such as Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Do you have a story to tell? Hey, let me know and I can read it to the world. See you.